When you're best friends with the founder of the Lubbock County Militia, you get your own radio show. It's The Other Side of Texas with Jay Leeson. Hey there, howdy, howdy, howdy. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for telling a friend that you hang out on the other side of Texas. I'm your host, Jay West Texas Leeson. And uh, across the way is Queen Catherine Wilkes broadcasting from the studios where Buddy Holly became famous. KRFE AM 580 Lubbock. And we'll just kick off where where I think everything is heading right now. And that's, um, look, whenever you have too much of one thing, it's just not healthy. If, if all you consume is one thing, like whenever I was younger and I worked out on the farm and whenever it was stripping season, you sat on a cotton stripper or you, or you sat in the module builder and what was a big deal for me, I think either my freshman or sophomore year in college was just to eat mustard sardines. You could go in and get a can of mustard sardines for about a buck, buck fifty, and then a sleeve of crackers. And you'd take a couple of cans and a couple of sleeves with you out to the farm. And, you know, whenever it's zero percent humidity and dew point nothing, and the winds in November are blowing 50 miles an hour. And you're sitting inside a module builder or a cotton stripper that has a little less insulation than a cardboard home in which homeless people live in. You need some things to pep you up. And so one thing that would pep you up is thinking, hey, here in about an hour, hour or two, I'm going to have me some uh, some sardines. And that'll, that'll get you through things. But today, to the, I, I can't even... I can't even look at those things in the supermarket now i had so much of them uh back then and i think my wife may make me sleep on the couch if i ate some of those now but man mustard sardines with a sleeve of crackers that's some good west texas living right now i'm on this carb free kick and i was up until about a month ago carrying a bag of boar head boar's head whatever they call it a bag of uh (laughs) pepperoni with me and cheese sticks and that's what i'd use for like a snack or or a quick lunch and i can't even do that now i'm so over pepperoni (laughs) at this point and it's because over and over again too much of one thing is a bad thing and I i was thinking through what i wanted to go through today in today's monologue and people ask me a lot Here's the point. In media, people get into a preference of what they want to hear and what they want to read and what they want to consume. And so they stick with one thing. Uh, It's Facebook finds your algorithms and it only throws things at you that you want to hear, you want to read, or you want to think about. And Twitter, to some extent, does the same thing. And then whenever you hang out on one channel on TV... And perhaps even one radio station uh, over and over again, and you get the same views over and over again. That is the equivalent of sitting in uh, sitting in a a module builder, beginning to gag because you've consumed too much of one thing. It's like the mustard sardines of media, and 
you know, people ask me, well, what do you watch? Here's what I do. I will listen to the first, not regularly, but whenever I have the opportunity, what I'll do over the course of a day is I'll listen to the Rush Limbaugh monologue, and then I'll record on our DVR the PBS NewsHour, and I'll watch the first 15 minutes of that, and then maybe I tune in to Tucker Carlson, and then I go over to Chris Matthews, because here's the deal, with mainstream media, and now I would even bring conservative media into the mainstream with Fox News, is you have, there's a reason why 40% plus people in this country think something. And just because they think it doesn't make them zombies. Like, there must be some well-rationalized, historic understanding that I don't have in of myself. So let me try to understand it. And I'm pretty confident in the IQ that, the, you know, some people aren't, but I am in the IQ that the Lord's put in me. And I can begin to sift through this stuff and make sense of it. And that's why I go on these prairie populist streaks, because once I understand an issue, then then you can be pretty versatile with it. And I think people in this part of the world tend to be that way. We'll talk with Representative James White out in East Texas here in just a moment about it. But I bring all that up to say, how did we get duped on Jade Helm 15? Jade Helm 15 got completely duped in the summer of 2015. There's a military operation, and it's being run by, like, Army Green Berets. Like, let's support the troops, right? Army Green Berets and Navy SEALs and a bunch of bad A-money monies from the Marines are conducting military operations in more civilized urban areas just in case war breaks out somewhere else. I've heard your father, Catherine, talk about how important these missions are to to get an understanding of what it's going to be like once you get into a real conflict. And so they conducted these missions in places like Bastrop and Big Spring and Goliad and Victoria. So, you know, off the Cap Rock to the west and to the south and then down into southeast Texas they were running these operations well today American Austin American statesman former CIA director Michael Hayden said Thursday during a television interview that the 2015 J-Town controversy in Texas was an early example of Russian efforts trying to spread misinformation in the United States when you stick with that one thing Guess what? Other factors can come into play. Not only are you getting the same perspective over and over again, but people begin to see how they can exploit that. And in an age of digital media and social media, that's exactly what began to happen with Russian bots. So going into your Facebook feed, getting into those algorithms and into the Twitter. Like nobody's talking on their porch anymore with their neighbors. Like I've got a super... Uh, conservative neighbor and I've got a liberal neighbor and I like to discuss like shut it all down for a minute and guess who's not on your front porch Russian bots that's who's not and so Hayden was on an MSNBC show he's a four-star general by the way ran the National Security Agency said the Russians fueled distrust over the military training exercise in an attempt to influence the American public. Quote, there, and this was the example he uses, 
There was an exercise in Texas called J-Town 15. This is Hayden speaking. That Russian bots and the American alt-right media convinced most, many, Texans that Obama, it was an Obama plan to round up political dissidents. It got so much traction that the governor of Texas had to call out the National Guard to observe the, quote, federal exercise to keep the population calm. And Abbott did exactly that. In April 2015, Texas Governor Greg Abbott directed the Texas State Guard, a branch of the Texas military forces separate from the Texas Army National Guard, to, quote, monitor the exercise and address the concerns of Texas. At that point, Hayden continues, I'm figuring Russians are saying we can go big time. And at that point, I think they made the decision. He's saying that Jade Helm 15 was the factor. This is the guy who was in charge of the NSA that this was a point at Jade Helm 15 in Texas in which these knee-jerk politicians gave in, well, we got to monitor those federal troops, and that's when the Russians decided that they'd get involved. Now, listen, I'm not a guy who's going to say, well, the Russians impacted from the right or the left. They went in every way they could, and they went in with people that only listen to one perspective uh, and only consume one thing. The mustard sardines of media. My friend of years and my friend of tears, Leonard T. Jenkins, checking in on the other side of Texas. How are you doing, Leonard T.? Well, hey, Jay, how are you doing? I was just reminiscing about mustard sardines. Yeah, I, you know, I'm going to have to disagree with you. I hear where you're going in your monologue talking about you know, too much of one thing, but you started talking about them sardines and the mustard and the crackers, and then you said, yeah, that's West Texas living. You know, I think of barbecue. I think of Tex-Mex. I think of kicking oh, a tumbleweed. Okay, so, I do not think of sardines and mustard and crackers as West Texas Well, living. then, you hadn't hung out in a module builder for 14 hours at a time. Like, they are not delivering Tex-Mex there, Leonard T., <laughs> there, there are no fajitas coming up to that thing any anytime soon. So you, you take in what you can, what you can take in, and that's a sleeve yeah. in a can. Yeah, and maybe well, a can of stuff that, too. Yeah, well, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, you did talk about the boar's head pepperoni, and that you currently are going carb free. Yeah, yeah. How do you think you I also, keep this figure? I've seen that figure, and it's 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 not something I want to. Embed into my memory banks, Jay. Too much of one thing. That's right. Yeah. But I like what you were talking about. You, you like spreading the wealth, and when you're when you're intaking your information, you listen listen to Rush Limbaugh monologue and PBS News and Tucker Carlson and his bow tie and all that stuff. I I like to do a similar thing. What's that? Too much of too much of one thing. Well, I, I want to encourage you next time, rather than going from Rush to PBS News. Go from Rush to the Canadian rock band Rush, because that will uh, that will open up your world, Jay. You what songs what I mean? would I know that they that they sung? Well, you know Tom Sawyer, don't you? Nah, I, I mean, you know Limelight, don't you? Literature form. Don't know Limelight. No. Well, 
I'll send you a I'll send you a playlist on the on the Spotify. Like, are they giving Samuel Clemens like uh, some royalties here or what? No, this is Getty Lee and his band from Canada. They're great, great folks. They've been at it a long time. Okay. Well, I mean, that's Mark Twain's still is my point. Like, they need to pony up. Or it's is that on Free Domain now that it's so old, Tom Sawyer? I'm pretty sure. Okay. It's an old song, but it's a great one. Okay. Is and you talk about balance and everything, balance and consumption, balance and everything. I mean, that's kind of what you're getting at, isn't it? Yeah, let let some people fight in your mind for a little while. Have a little street fighter, different views going back and forth. Did I tell you too much of Belvita's casserole? That'll kill a man. Okay. It'll absolutely yeah, kill him. I mean, that's my mustard sardine, I guess. She can't cook, cook with a with a lick, Jay. <laughs> you been doing all right, man? Yeah, he's talking. To, he's talking about your she, not mine. I'm talking about my Belvita. I mean, she's a nice woman. She's Oh, She's pretty to look yeah. at on Wednesdays, yeah. but outside of that, she can't cook with her flip. Yeah, I'm doing. I'm doing well. We're going to have uh, State Representative James White. Let me ask you about this. How about um, a congressman's afraid of you, so he puts in? You're a state representative, just a lowly state representative. And a congressman puts in a covert surveillance operation and an intern into your office to try to record you doing misdeeds just to off you. Now, that's some old-school Dallas episode plot. Mm, that sounds like espionage. It is. Yeah, espionage in East Texas. I tell you, I tell you what, that's not good, Jake. Uh, not we, good at all. We took the kids up to... Uh, Capron Canyons this weekend, and I, I was thinking about calling you and asking to borrow the Jayco. Well, you're welcome to the Jayco J flat whenever you need it. Um, just give me a little bit of a heads up so I can I can get after it with some Febreze and some. Uh, you know, I, I guess I can take over your racer car wash that you talk about all the time mm-hmm. and get it polished up on the outside. But whenever you want it, I t- I tell you, it rides like a boat on glass. On glass, even in Oklahoma. Yes, not hmm. yesterday in Oklahoma, but most days in Oklahoma. Most days, like there are tornadoes there right now. I think. Yeah, they were touching down in Norman yesterday, from what I heard. Yeah, so there was something else I was going to ask you about. Oh, you got to be concerned. You know, I was just—I said yesterday, and I don't mean to make your cheeks red here, but. There are there are women of ill repute in border towns that don't flirt with us as much as the weather has of late. Like it's gonna rain, it's gonna oh it just barely oh it's gonna rain oh it barely misses us again. It never rains. And you as a designated cotton stripper have to be a little concerned about the soil at this point. Are you looking for some other gigs in the fall? No, I'm not concerned one bit. I'm not concerned one bit. And, Jay, next time, next time we're together, uh, I'm going to tell you about my secret recipe to knowing weather weather patterns um, in West Texas. Oh, so you're one of those anti-tornado siren people in Lubbock. Because our, our, our friends on the television and the, the Dopplers and the meteorologists and, and all those boys, they got it all wrong. And uh, you want to know what the weather's going to be like tomorrow, a week from now, a month from now, a year from now? Uh, I'm going to share that with you uh, next time we get together. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, there are it's, people it's who about, say... You it's know, about 93% accurate, Jay. 
Did you know within a 16-state region, all the way up to Canada, and then you go around, you got to go around Louisiana because you got Shreveport and the big military base, but you go out east to the Georgia, East Georgia, up the line, and then go up Appalachia, and then come back around Iowa and the Dakotas back up to Canada. That's the chunk of 16 states I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. Lubbock is the only place with a 200,000 plus population that does not have tornado sirens. Hmm. How do you feel about that? Hmm. I don't know what to make of that, Jay. It, uh, she you qualified. Think that, you, think that was a, you think that was an oversight years ago, or you think we? Uh, no, I we think can't, we can't find poles tall enough to strap them to. Well, I don't think that. First of all, poles P O L L S. I, I think that people just have in their minds that you know what conservatism is. Conservatism, seeing how the how the pine row of trees that's the wind barrier, how's it bending in the wind, and we'll figure out if a tornado is coming from there. And. Uh, My uh, my theory is as flat as Lubbock is, and as wide open as Lubbock is, you got to be a knucklehead not to see a tornado coming. Okay, you know, put you on the anti-siren list. So you're a siren guy. The people who are who are anti-sirens are siren people. Yeah, you know, I'm sitting in my Jayco J flat right now, and there is a boy <laughs> sitting out on the street taking pictures of me through the Venetian blinds. Whoa, he works for Steve what? Stockman. What is he doing? Yeah. He's just taking pictures of this this exquisite J flight. Maybe there, he's an admirer. Are there people taking pictures around. of us too? Maybe James I White's kid. gotten us in a lot of trouble here, Queen Catherine. Maybe. Jay, I kid you not. I'm about to go up there and have words with him. Well, you go have your words. I appreciate you checking in. All right, Jay, and uh, as always, peace in the Middle East, my friend. Leonard T. Jenkins, ladies and gentlemen. It was good for him to check in. I like hearing from Leonard. He challenges you. You know, and he and Velveeta, I forgot to ask how long they've been together now. Leonard T. and, and Velveeta. Hmm. So, you know, back to this Jade Helm thing. There's this guy, and I want to say he's like Rosenstein, Steins, this Josh guy. Now, it just came to me as I came in the studio, so I didn't put this in my prep. But this guy who's totally conflating Jesus into conspiracy, I just that stuff really grinds my gears. Really grinds my gears whenever there's a conflation of the two things. But it, back in 2015, this guy's like rolling around. I remember it was a Walmart in Medlin, and this guy's rolling around with his iPhone around an empty Walmart, and there happened to be police there. And he's saying, Oh, look, this is where these are going to be death camps, and they are holding, that's where they're going to put all of our arms because the Chinese are coming in in Jade Helm 15 and and, and it's Russian bots totally singing in, in this Josh guy's choir backing all this stuff up and people just lost their minds and it drove policy it was the first time and, and I know you know earlier on in the last segment former CIA, CIA director Michael Hayden who also headed up the NSA said that that was the point where the Russians knew that they had leveraged, that people were so knee-jerk that they bought into it completely, and it drove policy. There, Texas National Guard had to go down and observe. the and, and the governor signed off. Like, that's where I think Greg Abbott lost. Like, I think I've given him a donation at some point, and I can't remember if it preceded 15 
I think it did. I think it was, well, no, I think it was after. But so far as looking to the governor for for wisdom and not like that was the point where I was like, okay, this guy's bought in, and you know, let's look for cooler heads to prevail, and and that's why you know, look, I'll I'll drop this and then we'll go to commercial break. But I think I get a bad rap sometimes because I oppose certain people, but in my mind, like my BS barometer's going off whenever they start talking, and. You know, Greg Abbott still has not made Jade Helm 15 right. And there are people who I think cajole and manipulate in the way that bots do. And uh, I take issue with them. And I talk about it here on the other side of Texas. And I got really worked up before the show. Hope all that made sense. But uh, there has to be a better way. Stop eating so many mustard sardines in the media, man. You don't have to eat pepperoni in your media consumption all the time like do a couple of different things uh, our big interview here with james white state representative james white brought to you by title one lubbock's digital well at least part of it is brought to you by title one lubbock's digital real estate and title escrow company title one is committed to providing you with the highest level of communication and service from the time the contract opens until it closes see how title one can serve your realty consumer and lending needs at title1.com going through that read i hear is is he on the no, I think he left. okay he, he might have left we'll try to effort here and get our friend james white back on and uh, i think that's him so i'm trying to think through representative white i'm trying to think through where you I've, i now i remember how you and I came across one another was in 2016 we were having a congressional race based out of Lubbock sprawls across West Texas uh, and it was the Texas House District 19 the US House District 19 and I kept tagging everything with a hashtag hashtag TX19 and then I had to reach out to you and apologize because that's your hashtag too right Hashtag TX19. Yeah, something like that. And, and um, Jay, thank you for having me on. I'm, I'm glad to... Man, I'm, I've made it to the top of the world. Uh, the Cap Rock. There you go. And, uh, so yeah, but look, I'm very proud to, to join you today from the best part of Texas. Not just the other side, but the best part of Texas, Southeast Texas. Nope. So you want to go. You, that's what you're going to lead with? Confrontation? <laughs> that's right. I've got to leave with confrontation, bro. I did have, I did actually have a couple of conversations. It drives me crazy, the topography. Like, we have got to have, like, topography 101 as an as admission requirements in Texas universities. Because I, people will call this the South Plains, and it drives me crazy. Like, this is the cap rock. And so, I asked a couple of people today, so it's not to offend you, Representative James White, uh, is, yeah. is that do they refer to it as southeast texas or east texas but you just clarified well, that it's southeast <laughs> yeah yeah the, the five counties that i'm proud to represent polk tyler jasper newton and hardin counties um we're in that deep east texas core but those five counties we, we particularly characterize ourselves as southeast texas 
So let me do a little background right quick, and then we'll get into some of these issues because we're we're glad to talk. It is called Other Side of Texas, but in my mind, that encompasses all of our concern. I think as you and I begin to talk, listeners will hear that people that are listening live on radio will see that there's a Venn diagram where your issues are our issues in a lot of different ways uh just rural mutual yeah. interests there and see how you yeah. deal with that on the tightrope in the legislature but a former inter- infantry officer in the u.s army entered the uh, legislature in 2010 a teacher and taught at the university the collegiate level and in high school government and economics and then you coach some football too friday night lights james white yeah, we did a little bit of that, a little bit of basketball. I'm going to tell you my my favorite coaching experience, my best coaching experience. They were all great. But one of the most memorable was the one year I coached girls soccer. So lay that on little sister there. Okay. Yeah, that's uh, that's different. Yeah. And y'all have grass down there, so I can see how you play yeah, soccer. <laughs> and yeah. and yeah. trees. <laughs> And truth, yeah. here's here, here's one thing I want to ask you uh, before we yes, get sir. into the serious stuff. But um, when you came in, now my understanding is that your predecessor at one time, the the fellow you beat to get into the legislature, he wore a Barney costume on the House floor. And my well, question is, I, 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 I think I think. My first race was in 2010, and that was uh, my first competitive race in Texas, and that was uh, Jim McReynolds, oh, uh, Representative McReynolds. Wrong guy, Democrat. then. That was in 2010. Okay. And then I was redistricted. Oh. As you, as, you know, I was redistricted, and I lost a lot of the counties that I was representing from the 2010 race, uh, got some new counties. And so I was um, going head-to-head with another Republican incumbent. And he wore a Bernie costume on the House floor behind them. So did you ever run a campaign ad with him in the Bernie costume? Well, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, when I look back on Is that, that you saying other people might have, but I didn't? Probably so. I don't know. <laughs> you know, we just really stayed focused on the three things that we really think that that are uh what are those? And I believe those are education, growing our local prosperity, and uh, you know making sure that we have safe communities through having you know good border uh, uh, protecting and securing our Texas borders. And that's pretty much what we focused on in 2010, and and again and um, 2012, and and that's similar what we just tried to focus on my entire tenure. In the okay, so we believe in free markets, but I think that in my where I'm broadcasting from and where you are calling from in Hillister, I there comes a point where rural people know something of free markets that's not taught in textbooks and is not laid out by Milton Friedman, and that's what exposure on a global scale can cause and so you know i had u.s congressman jody errington out of texas 19 yesterday on the show and we talked about how growers and producers and you're dealing with timber and forestry 
and we're dealing with yeah. cotton, but you deal with tariffs and foreign subsidies, weather, and then knuckleheaded foreign mm-hmm. policy, things that are beyond producers' controls. And as, as I look at what little I know about forestry, because as you well know, there there are there's not a lot of forestry up this way, but uh, you have to begin to look at the forces that cannot be controlled and begin to curb what can make for future prosperity as you say in these places and so at what point have you found as a conservative member of the house how have you found a place to balance quote unquote free markets hey thank you for that question and you know obviously the people here out in east East texas uh cattle forestry oil and gas, these tend to be our, some of our principal, um, you know, industries. And I think the way we balance, I mean, I, I think the president has it right. I'm supporting the president on this and many other issues. And that's President Trump. I think it's time to go in and redo some of these, redo or at least relook some of these uh, trade deals. Look, I, I serve on the House Committee on International Trade and, and Intergovernmental Relations. And uh, Chairman Anchia has uh, taken us to various parts of the state to talk about these issues. When I go down to South Texas or I go down to El Paso, I think NAFTA is working very very well for those communities, and we need to ensure that it continues to work very well. But what I need to do as a member of the Texas legislature, representing five great counties in Southeast Texas, I have to make sure that all of these all of these trade deals are working well for us. Because, as I said in some of those committee hearings, uh, you know, when I look at NAFTA, even though people are telling me it's working well for us out here in East Texas, really the only thing I see uh, coming across the border that may, uh, you know, help me, that may be, you know, uh, coming into East Texas is, is Mexican meth and a lot of illegal immigration. So NAFTA, I don't think it's really working all that well at a high level for uh, my businesses out here in Southeast Texas. So it's just, yes, we need free trade, but here's the deal. It has to make common sense and it has to work for everybody, not just for a few select people and then undermine and undercut other people as well. Well, let's go in there. James White's joining us here, state representative out of Southeast Texas, here on the other side of Texas, if you're just tuning in. I our mutual friend, Brandon Darby, you know, I was talking with Brandon uh-huh. today and, and he wanted me to pass along that uh, he's a fan of yours and that there are people who, would, I think that the things that I, admire, and I want to speak for Darby, but I tend to think that he believes the same thing with as much time as we spend on the front porches with one another. But the most admirable aspect of Texas politics right now are guys who have principles but have to represent their districts and sometimes those principles have to be modified to some degree and that's particularly true with the state republican uh, platform on education and how education really works in rural parts of the state and you know so far as darby's concerned you know we 
you have to begin to surf these waters and learn how to be pragmatic in handling this policy on you know like i just talked about free markets well guess what there are free markets but we are also charged to be leaders of a place and a place where there is community and look out to use your words the safety of that community talk to us a little bit about how you've had to take some positions in education that don't go down a straight and narrow ideological path well let me just start off by saying this i'm one to think that principles should be pretty immovable uh i don't know anything about modifying principles you know um i think you have a set of principles uh, i mean you got one uh one person running for governor on the on the other ballot uh on the democratic ballot um you know he's a church elder taking a little heat he you know gives up his position as a church elder over some uh principal i guess some principal religious issues um he has he's been a great businessman i i, I presume uh, he's invested in great businesses has one that deals with border security uh we expect one of the inherent powers of government is to keep us safe he's getting some pushback from maybe his base so he's selling off his border security company so I think principles aren't immovable. So I think I'm, I'm you know, my, my position that I'm supporting uh, my East Texas public education, uh, you know, arena, I think that's very much in line with the Constitution. It's, the state Constitution is very much in line with the uh, uh, state party platform because this is the reason why. Article 7, Section 1 gives the Texas legislature a clear mandate to fund and have this established uh, public system of public schools, okay? When we um, fund for our public schools, and it's important for folks to catch this, when we, you know, when the, the subcommittee chair that deals with school funding, when he gets up before the body and he says, we're funding uh, public ed according to current law, so we have a current law, which is whatever the the, the water is, the, the average, you know, the weighted average daily attendance, uh, yeah, daily amount per student, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then he says, or she says, we expect so many students, maybe about eighty thousand a year, one hundred sixty thousand a biennium, to come into the public system. So the way our public school finance formulas work. We fund kids when they show up to school, when they show up to a public school. So we don't say how many kids do we have from ages 5 to 17, and we fund. If they show up to school, we fund them. If they don't show up, that money either goes back to the general revenue fund or the foundation school program. But so right now we really don't have any, any funding mechanism that satisfy some of these other ideas and to that point i'll draw back to the state party platform is okay i would think that a guy in your position in those five counties in southeast texas Uh is not if those if if the funding is not satisfactory at present then you wouldn't therefore say well let's take more money out of the general for vouchers per the platform you would point back to the Constitution, not the platform, right? Well, you know, when I take, uh, look, I am supportive of the Texas Republican Party platform. 
Uh, I take an oath to uphold the Texas Constitution and the U.S. Constitution. But let me say this. I have at least one charter school in my district. I have a, about a handful of uh, sectarian or, or religious-sponsored uh, uh, schools in my district. And I also have a strong and vibrant homeschool community. We support all of those institutions. Uh, one thing that I worry about in my um, mandate to uphold the Texas and the United States Constitution is once you start attacking certain regulations, because you'll have to have some, some type of regulations, right, when you're passing out government money, what does that mean for my religious-based school? Uh, look, I don't think it's going to happen in the near future. I hope it doesn't happen in the near future. I don't think... You know, it doesn't have to happen. But what if we get someone in the governorship like Wendy Davis and she decides to, to use some type of a mechanism that routes money to a religious school to do some things that are just very contrary to that school's religious practices? I would want to put those parents in that school in that situation of doing something like this other candidate did on the other ballot running for governor, do I shuttle off my religious principles to get the money, or do I just say, you know, uh, or, or do do vice versa? Well, so, look, look, I don't take exception yes, with... Uh, look, you say Wendy Davis, but I say Dan Patrick's already doing that. Like, that's what he wants to do. And so I think okay. it puts you well, as a member on a tightrope to say, you know what, I'm no, going to try. Look, look, I've, I've known Dan Patrick for about uh, three decades. I know where his heart is. And he's absolutely right. We have a, a, a several handfuls of schools in Texas, probably not very many of them are in, in, in deep east Texas or, or west Texas, primarily in our urban areas. You have several handfuls of, of campuses. It doesn't matter if we're funding high, if we're funding low, if we fund tomorrow, if we fund today. These schools have had some chronic challenges in making sure that their kids get across the finish line where they're able to compete in a high-tech global 21st century economy and so I know where his concerns are and what he's concerned about what James White is focused on are 26 school districts where about 97 98 percent of my kids have to attend where they are the center of town let me let me just put this out here when and I think it's the same in West Texas because I travel through West Texas every now and then we talk about what is the center what is the priority of your community and when I drive through Coop when I drive through Burkeville, when I drive through small towns in East Texas, there are two institutions that are still in the middle, middle of the town. That's the church, maybe the First Baptist Church, right? There's the church, and there's the school. Okay. Hey. And I think that, and that, and that, I think that encapsulates it for what I need to be concerned about. Okay. So... I want to get into the, I know a lot of people are listening right now. I want to get into the juicy stuff. Can you stick with us? Let us take a break yes, and come back in. Yes, and you've been yes, in a position that I don't, I can't think of anybody else who's been in such a position. I want to hear <laughs> how you've handled that and uh, okay. what, what your thoughts are now that we get a couple of months out from that. So, Representative White, uh, tell me, tell me, talk about tightropes. 
do you think it presents yeah, you with any kind of tightrope that uh, I think that it just has to be pointed out that you're and it leads into our next uh, piece of the conversation the only African American Republican in the Texas legislature what, what's your perspective on holding that unique position well <laughs> I think it's very unique that I'm a veteran I think it's very unique that I'm probably one of the few legislators left in the legislature from the from the from the from the country from from the frontier as some folks will say but look um, I'm extremely proud of my constituents they have uh, I believe uh, entrusted me with uh, this great opportunity to represent them and you know when you look at the issues and I'm just going to put it on the table with you. when you look at the issues that we're confronted with in rural Texas trying to grow our local prosperity trying to get our people uh, well educated battling with these various substance abuse addictions I'm going to just put it out there the, the politician Republican and Democrat that can put that together with uh, urban interests will be a very very tough candidate to beat so saying that you know I, I don't think of it much as from that way is that I am blessed to represent uh, the, the greatest set of, of 170,000 Texans in the state legislature and they've given me a lot of um, uh, leeway to represent them and I will tell you you know you know I, I experienced stuff on the house and I, I'm just so proud that I can come up and, and represent my district and my district is is for the most part consistent with my values uh, from a social perspective, from an economic perspective, and, and I, I just love my, my constituents. So it's got to be a unique politician that puts it all together with the urban interests. Is there any... Uh, Somebody's going to figure it out. Yeah, Somebody's going to figure I'm, it I'm out. Trying to look for a glass. I'm trying to look for a glass of water that I can ding here. Is there an announcement that you want to make right now about uh, any... Oh, no, no, Are no, you no, sure? No, Are you sure? <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, no, you know, you just... You know, you, you, you know a lot of times, for, for right reasons, you know, we got the first no where people disagree before we know where to start to agree. Okay, so that's but you... I see a lot of commonality of interest between what we're battling with in rural Texas and, and in then some parts of urban Texas. But sure. look here. Uh, I always say that rural Texas is about the four or five F's. Faith, food, freedom, fiber, and and and, um, and, and fuel. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, you I mean, you put a couple more F's in there, but that's good. I, yeah, I, yeah. Well, and, and yet well, we're somehow well, backwards, right? We're we're back. Right. Like, well, oh man, I'm they back, take care I'm of their back. neighbors and they they care about their country yeah. and, and their faith. They're that's yeah. backwards. Yeah, right. So everything that that we hold dear here in Texas, our our prosperity here in Texas, the way of life we have in Texas, it all starts on a county road somewhere. No. Okay, so that's that's, I'm going to be really upset if you get on another radio program, James White, and announce your candidacy for speaker because I just gave you the opportunity. Well, we've got some rules on that, so we can't be talking about that. Okay, so (laughs) you you see your role, you have a lot of different uh, attributes that you bring to the table as a veteran and outside of ethnicity, 
But there are people who've not thought the same thing. Steve Stockman, a former Republican congressman from Texas, South Texas, yeah. has been convicted. And uh, Emma Plantoff, I'm just going to go off all of her stuff here, Texas Tribune, has been convicted of uh, defrauding two conservative mega donors and funneling their $1.25 million into personal and campaign expenses as part of what prosecutors call a, quote, white-collar crime spree. A jury, and this is as of April 12, a federal court in Houston ruled that Stockman is guilty of all but one of 24 felonies he was charged with last March after 16 hours of deliberations and three days. The 12-person panel only declined to convict him on one of four counts of wire fraud. So here's a guy who's in a whole hell of a lot of hell cakes. I went ahead and said hell. I meant to say who has a whole lot of hell cakes worth of trouble. But... I bring up Stockman here for people who are unfamiliar with this situation. Here's another headline from Platoff, Texas Tribune. This is the lead. The American Phoenix Foundation, now a defunct conservative activist group known for attempting undercover stings of lawmakers and lobbyists, planted an intern in a state uh, lawmaker's office during the 2003, the 83rd legislative session in an effort to expose his to expose misdeeds testimony in federal court revealed thursday a fellow named sean and you are that state representative so help me with his last name sean oh i, I can't i can't pronounce his last name <laughs> i'm gonna go adele adele yeah okay yeah, uh, yeah said that he was brought in to try to obtain footage of representative james white engaged in quote fraud and abuse and also more mundane activities like cursing or failing to clean your car stockman funded that effort in an attempt to uncover salacious gossip about a a perceived political rival that being james white stockman was concerned that white would give up his state house seat to challenge him stockman for congress and he said, and this was put on record in the trial, quote, Republicans love black conservatives. I'm worried. So American Phoenix was uh, hired out via James O'Keefe to put a plant into your office and to try to conduct a covert surveillance operation on you. I've never heard of anything like this outside of, like, James Bond movies. But when you found out... No, 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 no. Here's my first question. We're going to 605, by the way, and I'm just going to make you stick with us here. Uh, okay. What are you doing hiring a guy named Sean, and he spells his name S-H-A-U-G-H-N? Like, that's my first red flag if I'm you, Representative. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Okay. Well, uh, you don't have to bite on that one, but... Yeah, I get you. On to the, onto the point. Let me, let me, what, what was it like yeah. whenever you learned what had gone down? Well, here's the deal. Um... Character integrity is not so much about what you tell people you do when they're looking at you, but what you do when you're not being watched. Uh, I've been a U.S. Army officer. I've been a public educator. Both of those positions require the approval of your federal fellow citizens. As an infantry officer, I carry a a top-secret clearance, and I probably had Chacoms and Soviets watching me anyway. But here's the sad thing about this. That was in 
2012, 2013, 2013, uh, Jay, we still had many men and women overseas in some very bad situations on the ground in combat in Southwest Asia. Unfortunately, many of these young men and women were given the ultimate sacrifice. And we have a U.S. congressman that's supposed to be monitoring that and watching that and making sure that these people are doing that. I mean, they're getting their, um, you know, they're getting what they need in order to do their mission overseas. And here it is, you know, at the beginning of his term, he's already thinking about getting reelected. What what you saw there is really all of what's wrong with politics today, whether it's Congress or the, or, the, or, the, or some legislature, is that politicians are always wondering too much about the next election and, and, and about somebody who's going to run against them. So I really feel sad that all of that was going on while we had men and women in uniform on the frontiers of freedom, some of which were given their life, and we had this type of foolishness going on uh, being conducted by U.S. Congress. What do you make of, of the text message that was handled? Whenever you first heard that text message that, quote, Republicans love black conservatives, I'm worried. What was your thought I mean, whenever well, you heard I, that? Well, I, I kind of chuckled and laughed because... <laughs> Some of some folks that would say to me that Republicans should love a bore, but look, um, obviously any elected official, anyone should be concerned about any conservative that's working to represent his or her district. Okay, and I think probably that's what uh, Mr. Stockman was worried about. But you know, look, uh, people can watch you, right? I'm a public official, right? I mean, you know, somebody can come in my office and sit and watch me all session. And there's practically probably nothing I can do, okay? People can follow me around. I mean, that's what you sign up for, or the potentiality is what you sign up for. It's my job to maintain, uh, you know, my scout's honor, to maintain the honor of a, of a commission officer, and maintain the honor of the 170,000 Texans back here in southeast Texas. So, look, I don't have a problem with um, – uh, self-control and self-responsibility and self-accountability. Okay. So you weren't ever concerned. Well, let me ask you this. Have you had any conversation with Stockman leading up to the trial or here past no, uh, no, April? No, no I, had very, yeah, I had very little minimal contact, meaning contact, even being in the same room uh, with Stockman uh, before that. You know, look, you know, he had his way of, of doing his political business, and I had my way of doing my political business. Yeah, and who's in the big house now? Right, right. So um, I just think it's a reminder of all of us that, we're, you know, none of us are necessarily above the law, and none of us are under the law. But we're all held to the same standard of the law. So is this uh, Sean... S-H-A-U-G-H-N. Is he getting a recommendation from you anytime soon? Well, let me tell you something. I, I you know, um, you, you know, I think if you got the, the, the court transcript and listened to his testimony, you'll find out that he was probably just a, uh, a unfortunate, tra- tragic uh, actor in this entire process. So what would your recommendation be to others going forward? I mean, surely you have some communication with others, not even in Texas. Whenever they call you for advice, uh-huh. uh, do you just give them the spiel about, hey, listen, you got to be above board. 
in your personal life and and in your well, well, because people, private well, people can watch you. Yeah, people can watch you. I mean, I know that every day I wake up. So none of this miffs you. Know, you. Like I wanted you to get on the radio and be like, these guys, you know, they can eat hell cakes and but you're not, I mean, you're just letting this well, go. But this, but, but but this is why. Because the people in Southeast Texas, in Polk, Tyler, Jasper, Newton, and Hardin County, they have sent me to the legislature four times. And I'm asking them to send me to the legislature for a fifth time. Those are really the only people I need to get any type of approbation from. Not Steve Stockton. Uh, so, um, you know, is it a badge of honor? Is it, you know... I, I don't know. What would but, you say to him? Um, if you guys had a conversation right now, what would you say to Steve Stockman? I would probably laugh at him because the stuff that he was looking for and all that they were going through was kind of stupid. I mean, if you're looking for waste, fraud, and abuse, you just do a public um, open records request and, and, and get my, my office spending budget. If you were uh, sitting across the glass from him in the big house, you would start the conversation by laughing at him? Well, but but I think uh, ultimately I would want to sit down and just have a word of prayer for for him and with him. Okay. I mean, look, the the the, 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 the offenses that he has been charged were not necessarily against me. It was undermining the system. It was against the people of this country. And again, to know that that was his focus or any elected official's focus. While we literally have men and men and women in harm's way, giving their life, and you're playing these types of games, um, you know that's not very honorable. Well, he's James White. We're going to have you on again soon. I anticipate. Hey, looking forward to it. It'll be good. Calling about what? Am I right about halfway between Lufkin and Beaumont, northeast of Houston? Is that about? Where you are yeah, right that, now? That, I mean, I don't have anybody about, following you with a camera. I'm just asking. <laughs> that's about right. And look, man, um, you know, we love uh, reading Brandon Darby. Hopefully I can get him to take me on a constructive tour of the border. And maybe you ought to think about doing a show on this side of Texas. In, in this side of Texas. Hey, we, we try to cover it all. I, I think that folks out there listening to this program say, that's right. That's right. Just substitute forestry for cotton. That's right. That's right. Hey, uh, we appreciate you, Representative White. Thanks for coming on. Thank you, and we're proud to represent our constituents back this way, too. God bless you, Jay. There he is, uh, James right. White. Uh, hey, I, I have this before we go. I, I think I may play it tomorrow, but, well, I will play it tomorrow. Never mind. Forget it for now. I found the guy. Somebody sent it to me, actually. The... Uh, they're on the Walmarts. It's going to be a death camp, and they're going to take our guns, and this is where the Chinese are going to come in and jade home. Try to consume different, two different at least. Get, uh, yeah, I'm not saying go four food groups with your media, but at least get a couple of things and, and just argue it out, and then you can list the other side of Texas, and we can argue it from there. Golly. So, great interview with James White. Thanks. Uh, glad that he came on and uh, tomorrow the aforementioned brandon darby the brandon darby hour of power is i'm beginning to coin it uh, he'll be on as well but for now 
that concludes this edition of your other side of texas i gotta go home i gotta get home i'd stay longer but above average supper and a great family waiting until next time thank you for tuning in and thanks again for telling a friend that you hang out on the other side of texas this audio be up if you miss part of the program be up at other side of texas probably by about 10 is about what time that they post that and you can check us out on twitter at ostxshow.com he would just sit down and pray with stockman man crazy i may hand out some knuckle sandwiches <laughs> but uh okay so go ahead and hit that music we'll see you again tomorrow friday here on other side of texas had a great time and thank you so much you're the reason we're here and you're the reason i have so much fun doing this talk to you tomorrow